and Ed. Hello, I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And welcome to the Lack of Focus podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lack of Focus. I think we're on episode 128 now, Sean. So we've been uh, going for a little while. It's been yep. good. Yep. Yeah. As you can probably hear, we don't have Ed today. It's just myself and Sean. So we're going to cover a topic that I'm not going to say it's close to my heart, but is definitely something I'm aware of now. I threw this at Sean five minutes ago. Pretty confident that he has the same demons inside him that I do. So we're going to talk about hoarding and trying to purge and getting that balance right. So that's going to be our main topic. So what do you think about that for a topic, Sean? Something we're going to be able to talk about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got uh, just to probably a foot and a half to my right, a bunch of stuff I need to purge called X-Wing stuff. So <laughs> understood. <laughs> yeah. And then um, we'll hit all our normal stuff. So we'll start off with what we've been doing in the last few weeks. So, Sean, what about you? It's been two weeks since we last spoke. Um, I've been super busy, so I've not really kept up with the Facebook chat too much. So I honestly have no idea what you two have been up to. <laughs> um, for me, it's not much. Um, just work, mostly. Um, since we're getting into that summertime, it's, you know, yard yard cleanup and things like that. So that's mainly what I've been doing. Played a little bit of Heroes and Might and Magic 3 on Steam. Um, okay. Did you see the uh, the board game Kickstarter for that one? I did, yeah. Um, yeah. I was, you know, I truly was thinking about backing it, and I watched a couple videos, not really about it, you know, just trying to explain a little bit, and it didn't... It didn't hit my fancy, you know, for what I really liked about like about Heroes of Might and Magic and stuff. So um, I'm hoping it comes okay. to retailers, but, you know, we'll see if that happens. Um, I might look well, at it at that time. I backed it. So if it's terrible, I'll lie to you, tell you it's great and sell it you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Very least, we'll be able to play it once we all get together next year. Yeah, exactly. Um so I've been playing that a little bit, and then of course the I play Magic almost every day just to do the dailies and stuff. Um, yeah, you, you know you get the gold and the in the gems sometimes, you know, in extra yeah. packs and stuff. So I do that every day. It's usually like when I'm eating, I'll sit down, yeah. turn that on, and uh, you know play play a few games or whatever I, it takes for whatever that daily is, and then um, turn it off and stuff and. I haven't played. I bought it, and I haven't played much of it yet. But I also have the Diablo Four okay, game. Okay, yeah. Um, and I'm gonna wait till the Fourth of July weekend because I'll uh, have five days off over that weekend, and probably sit down and you know play one whole day. You know, just take a day and just play as much as I can. My son plays it, you know, every day and stuff, and he likes it. And um, I'm really, I love Diablo One. I like Diablo 2. Diablo 3 just reminded me of a new way to play Diablo 2. So it wasn't as fun. Um, but this one looks pretty good. The graphics are good for, you know, what Diablo has been in the past and stuff. So yeah, that's on my list. And then I, once in a while, I'll turn on World of Warcraft and play a little bit of that. But I haven't in the last couple, few, four weeks maybe gotten on that. Um 
then I play the classic since classic came. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask if you do classic or if you're doing mm. like um, not the, the modern. retail. Yeah, not not retail. I've I've never liked it once it went to that format. Um, I lost interest in it really around the time Burning Crusade hit. You know, because right. you busted your ass, you know, for four months or whatever it was to you know get your character to sixty and be able to go into molten core and blackwing layer and all those and. And then all of a sudden, you know, all the gear you have and everything else is just worthless. You know, the greens that you're picking yeah. up, you know, the, the the greens you're picking up are just better, you know, right off the bat. And so you're replacing gear that you worked, you know, two years for basically <laughs> to have it all turn into trash gear and stuff like that. So, so I really, I enjoy classic, but you know, there aren't as many people and I'm playing the classic classic, not classic burning crusade or lich king right now i have characters that are on those servers but i really just like the the you know basic original classic vanilla world of warcraft um trying to think if there's anything else i've done i played a a couple couple few hours of arcades on my steam deck and stuff i just haven't had time this i had a job interview today so I spent a lot of my free time prepping for that and stuff. I built out a, it's where I work. It's just as a shop supervisor rather than in the position I'm in now. It's not, it is not a promotion in any way. It's a lateral move, but, but I get paid more faster out of that position than my current position. So, um, you know, it's just, uh, so I put together, you know, a, a plan basically and um you know presented it at my interview today and okay so you know we'll okay. we'll see how that goes and stuff and you know hopefully yeah, we'll, hopefully we'll chat I, about that offer and uh see yeah, how it's all going but yeah. yeah yeah exactly if you know i hear anything i'll let you and ed know and stuff but it'll take a little bit i'm sure before i hear anything um yeah you know so other than that it's been a pretty pretty quiet time for myself as far as gaming goes um my goal is this weekend to start getting back into building some models um 10th edition comes out soon yep so i gotta get at least enough to do some skirmish you know small stuff right away my son has probably 2000 at least 2000 assembled right now and you know since i'm not totally starting over with you know models it's just going to a new faction and stuff so the the good thing for that sean is you you should have a good um foundation to start playing 10th edition so if you start with combat patrols it's supposed to be balanced as a combat patrol box against another combat patrol box yeah so like the box of I think you've bought the Dark Angels one and maybe the Blood Angels one from from memory, but you you know you've got a bunch of those combat patrol boxes where your son bought the Thousand Suns one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so going down to just the contents of those boxes, just where you get the fundamentals down, is the right the correct in uh, in you know right in quotation marks way to get get into it all. So. You should have a good a good fundamental uh, grinding in what you'll be able to do, and then you can go from there. Depending on how the game's changed, right. I've got the rule book. I've got through to the part where I could start reading the rules now. But seeing as I'm running demos for it um, on the release day, I really need to get 
get done. But <laughs> yeah, I got the rules. for me. I have the yeah. rules downloaded also. Yeah, I remember we were chatting about that last time. I was telling Ed that, no, it's all available for free. You don't have to beat around the bush talking about it. It's yeah. all on the website. Yeah, and it's on the website, and you don't have to, you know, illegally get it or anything. Yeah, um, they dropped a bunch of the uh, index uh, cards for all of the different units today, so you can but see they, what all of the they units call those do. data slates still, or yeah, data cards, whatever yeah. they are. Yeah, um, only thing missing now, I believe, is the points values. So yeah, so that's um, what I had heard. Um, either you guys told me or somebody told me that they were going to drop the the data slates first, and then the points would come a little while after that. So yeah. Was that yeah, on their um, was that on their website? Yeah, Warhammer community. Um I get the I'm signed up for email, so I just I click through the email links all the time for it. Gotcha. I am too um, on something, but I don't know exactly. I get it from the app, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um so anything else? I should go on to my stuff no, or you can hit your stuff. Yeah, well I've been um relatively crappy last week. I had the opportunity to play games, but I was that focused on just trying to get everything caught up, up to date. Um, I had meetings with the accountant for Dice 8 stuff and having to redo uh, bookkeeping um, and change some stuff from 2022 to be the way he wanted it to be. Um, so that, that added up a bunch of time. Um, so yeah, I've been pretty, pretty lacking sleep. Uh, but then this week, I'm kind of trying to get geared up towards what life is going to be like because Jill's only got a few weeks left of her um, maternity leave before um, everything's run out and she has to go back to work and then right. I'm, you know, parenting full-time and all of that happens. So, yeah, I, I managed to get a game of Legion in last night. I threw um, oh, nice. a list together. Um, I tried out the, um, the Blizzard Force. Um, now it's been nerfed. I didn't feel bad about playing it. So I've owned all of the stuff for a while, but it's been one of those like powerhouse uh, lists, and I'm not interested in that kind of play. I don't need to uh, to do that to to get my jollies, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's been that was good. Um. I'm, I ran with General Veers and three squads of fully loaded snow troopers <laughs> and then four squads of um speeder bikes and an ATST and um I put the uh imperial might to the rebel insurgents murderized the Sokotano. that's why you didn't know she was at Hoff because I murdered her oh gotcha gotcha yeah um she charged into combat with my ATST um did a bit, bit of damage, but then some snow troopers just threw grenades at her and she died. Yeah, everyone's sad. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, Many but, tears were shed. But... but it but it solves the mystery of why she wasn't there. Yeah. Um, I was going to play X-Wing this afternoon, but then, because um, I felt like crap this morning, I cancelled that. Um, I did a little bit of painting at work um, on my Elder. I'd got all of the actual stuff I had to get done done so i took some time to do the black and some highlight some edge highlighting so the the stuff that i've painted two months ago now um or nearly two months ago to play at warhammer world is almost actually finished to the level i want them there you go. so that was good um but yeah i've not really done much else gaming wise i've i've touched a little bit of um shogun total war 2 or shogun 2 total war Gotcha. Uh, because 
it's installed on the computer and it was easy to just fire it up, fight a couple of battles, and that gave me my wargaming fix. But yeah, I've just not had much time, not managed to play any Arkham, not done anything along those lines really, not not built any of the new models. I've managed to get other staff members that are going to be painting these Space Marines and the Tyranids from the Leviathan box, so all I have to do is learn about, worry about learning the rules. Gotcha. I've managed to pass on a bunch of other projects for people, um, so I don't have to do it. Um, the only thing I am working on for the store is the Shatterpoint stuff, so... Yeah. We'll we'll be doing demos for that, but obviously 40k arriving is is more of a money maker for the store, so I have to prioritize, uh, you know, business decisions. Right, right. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to painting the Shatterpoints. It's like bigger, chunkier models. So are they the same size as 40k? No, they're uh, they're bigger. They're bigger again. So Legion is bigger than 40k models in general, and then Shatterpoint is like. 40 mil to like, between 40 and 50 mil i want to say okay gotcha because to me it looks like like in pictures it looks like they're like space but but that could just be the you know kind of the way you know perspective is in pictures and stuff yeah but they're definitely bigger like the smallest base size is 40 mil which is the size of the terminators uh bases and stuff like that and that's the smallest base size for shatterpoint gotcha okay so yeah there should be nice, uh, large, chunky models, and yeah, I'll, I'll post pictures once I start painting them. Yep, that'd be great. I, yeah. I'm kind of interested in it. Just, I really like the terrain. The terrain out of the box is actually pretty cool if you if you assemble it correctly, of course. Um, you know, but it it just it looks like it's more you know like more robust, I guess you could say. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, it's it feels like it's more the 40k size than it is smaller. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it, it's it's kind of weird. It, it sort of um, reminds me a little bit of Crisis Protocol, where they did a little bit of terrain for like New York City style construction yard stuff. Yeah. Then they did a little bit of terrain for like some kind of space theme stuff. Okay. But never really filled out both sides yet. So my hope is that whatever they want to term this kind of industrial complex thing that they're working on for Shatterpoint, I hope they bulk that out before they move on to another style. Yeah. But, I, you know, I would like it to be... For, for me personally, if the three boxes that are out now in the core set and then the two other boxes are enough to do a three-by-three three table and give you a full game, I'd like them to release maybe two more sets in the same kind of vein. So it was too much for one table and you can get a lot of variety and then move on to the next thing. I don't want like a half nipple cannon yep. as a single release. You know, I, I would like, I'd like it to at least finish the themes first. Right. Nope. I get that. That's kind of, you know, where if they stick to the theme, it'll be really good, I think, you know. But like if, like you said, if they change things up too much too quickly without completing things, it'll it'll be a little less, you know, exciting. We'll say. Well, it just means every game you play is always the same. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter if we're playing on your terrain or my terrain; it's the same terrain. That's generally all there is. And then you start. That's where the three D printing kind of thrives. Mm -hmm. But from a um, a retailer and a game perspective, and Ultimately, that comes down to it's in the player's best interest for everything they make for Shatterpoint to sell well, because you want them to keep 
you know, what the sales is going to be what directs how much support the game gets. Correct. So, yeah. Um, whilst it's great, and yeah, the argument is always, oh, well, the community is doing a, a much better job and doing it for free, or like you can get it by signing up for someone's Patreon or blah, blah, blah. That money doesn't go to Asmodee, and right. that generally is a bad thing in the long run. I don't know. I feel like I'm arguing for capitalism here, but you know. Well, you know, I, I, so when you look at it, you know, when I look at Legion and stuff, and you had the companies that were putting out the, you know, you could purchase the STLs for terrain for Legion, and even for, you know, the ones that did terrain for uh, Imperial Assault, that's because they weren't being supported. You know, you didn't have that stuff coming out at that time. Yeah, and like my entire Legion table is all different um, STL files I've got from different places, all legally I should add. Correct. Um, I but like I think it. I don't know. It, it's. A, I, mean, I suppose that's probably a another topic we could talk about once Ed's back. Cause I'm sure he'd have thoughts on the 40k side of that and how terrain goes and like official terrain versus um, homebrew stuff. But yeah, probably put a pin in that for a later topic, maybe. Yeah, and you know, what's funny, you know, you talk about that, you know, like I have stuff downstairs still for Legion that was separate from what fell, you know, when my storage uh, shelf fell that yeah. I that I had in, you know, like a case. And, you know, it's the, you know, it's the sand house, you know, the, the domed roofed house, um, you know, the... Mm the moisture vaporators um, and a couple other things too that I had, you know, like boxes and stuff that I had done on my original 3d printer, which was stuff that I had actually bought, you know, from a company that makes the STLs to 3d print that stuff. And my philosophy always is, um, you know, if a company comes out with it, I'll do my absolute best to purchase it from them first. So I have, something from them terrain wise you know um over time i believe if i'm not mistaken for legion um fantasy flight did put out like the moisture vaporators um, um so they have so all of those boxes are actually part of a different mission so you use them as objectives as okay. well as if you're not playing that mission they can just be terrain right but terrain specific kits they put out the bunker the yep. crashed atst a crashed X-Wing, and um, the crashed escape pod, which is how yep. you get 3PO and R2-D2. I think that's the only terrain boxes. Then you have priority supplies and vital assets. I think they are two different boxes. One of them's got like a bomb cart and stuff okay. that you use for a payload mission. But if you magnetize it so that it sits, you know, you can stick it to a base or not, you can just use it as terrain as well. Gotcha. And and that's where, you know, I do my best to support, you know, like I'm doing the Agora, it's the 40k stuff from that Agora company, you know, where they send the magazines and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, and it's kind of the how to, how to paint and all that. And I'm glad I did that because it definitely filled out our terrain, you know? Yeah. Because I had bought, you know, I had bought, I can't remember what it's called. I don't know if we still have the box. Let me turn around and see. No, we don't. When um, you started, probably probably like the Nackman terrain, uh, Warzone Nack Nackmund, I think it is. Is probably where you started. It could have been. Yeah, it was a big box that had like uh, pipes and I'm stuff. Missing. Oh yeah, it probably was Sector Mechanicus then. Yeah, so I think um, 
Nakamund is the missile silo and things like that. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it was a big box. It was basically a yeah. hundred yeah. bucks of scatter terrain is what you you know what I would call it. You know, like pipes and you know it was like that industrial terrain that you see with uh you know with 40k um but it was all low to the ground stuff nothing was yeah. really um you know you didn't get into the ruins and things like that i you know i did buy two of the kill team that comes with some terrain and stuff too um but then the rest i've gotten out of this this agora set and you know basically we we have enough terrain to fill out two tables probably now just from that you know with with the small and large terrain stuff that they've sent in those, you know, cause to me in those types of sets, terrain is great filler, you know, for the money. It's probably yeah. very cheap to produce and put into those sets and stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of the cool thing about it is, you know, being able to get the terrain, but with Shatterpoint, I really like the look of that terrain, you know, that they, they did a good job, you know? Yeah. Um, I know that there's, some either missing instructions or some issues with something that you have to put together a specific way. But if you follow the instructions given or don't pay close enough attention, you put it together incorrectly, then have to take it apart. It's the piece that slides in, you know, to the top of one of the terrain things. Um, yeah, but, but you can do the, uh, the walkways incorrectly, I believe, as well, because yeah. they don't. If you have to buy all three sets to be able to build all of the walkways as freestanding, and then you get extra pieces to be connectors because they kind of slot into a top on lock in. Okay. But if you don't buy all, if you don't buy the core box and the other two sets, you don't have enough standing legs to do all of the walkways that you will have um, where they self support because you've got to do some with the legs in the middle. So they have to connect buildings. Okay. So they, they already have terrain sets out then? Is that what the, what you're saying there? So there's a, a terrain that comes in the core set, and then there is a, a set called High Ground, which is very similar, but the tower is taller. Okay. And then there is a third one that's name escapes me, which is um, a little bit more rubble and rocks, because they all have a little bit of rock in them. So it adds a little bit more scatter-style terrain. I think there's like a speeder bike just hovering... Uh, with no rider on it and stuff like that, so you get a bit of scatter terrain. Okay, I see that now. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking at the Asthma Day site. It says not available yeah. right now on their site. Oh, I mean, maybe they've sold really well then. I don't know. It could be because yeah, you have the high ground. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty good set for seventy five bucks there too. Yeah. Now is that pre is is it pre painted or? No, it's same as GW stuff, just comes on sprue. Okay. Yeah, that looks pretty good, though. I've always yeah. liked the little weird things that Star Wars brings out, you know, like little antenna things and stuff that are just in weird places. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I like all of it. It, it seems pretty cool. Um, I picked up Obi-Wan and Dooku. Uh, I'll probably get the next couple of expansions regardless, and then I'll, once I've got a, a baseline amount of stuff, then I'll start being a little bit more picky and choosy. Yeah. Which kind of segues us into a main topic, you know? Yeah, perfect segue. <laughs> so, hoarding and purging. Shall we define where we go for hoardings? I think um, 
X-Wing for both of us is probably a good example of where we were. We became more hoarders than collectors probably for X-Wing, would I be would, my guess. I, I would agree with that. Now, my hoarding more more or less started because of the community. You know, having having enough copies of ships for people to use, you know. Um, I, I think that that's, yeah. that's where mine, mine started with good intentions, you know. <laughs> And then became, you know, just buy everything that comes out up until a point. I mean, I think wave six, wave seven of first edition is where I began to pick and choose more than just buy everything. Yeah. You know, I think it was after the decimator. So whatever wave that was, you know, like I didn't, I never bought a Star Viper or whatever they were. The the ship that was going for like a hundred bucks on eBay for a while there. Yeah. Uh, the the assault gunboat and stuff. That's it. Yeah, the assault yeah. gunboat and kind of that wave on, or or even even before that, I just kind of stopped yeah. stopped with yeah. the mass purchasing of stuff. Like for me, for X wings, uh, X wings specifically, it was definitely became hoarding because I was I would look at the lowest point value of ship and then multi like divide to um. Well, at the time, it was divide 100 by that number. Right. And by so that I could many. run. Yeah, because that's how many I could run. And maybe I'd want to. And yeah, like <laughs> getting six M3A interceptors and stuff like that is like, did I really need to do that? Do I really <laughs> need that many? And like, I feel like I now have an X Wing collection because when second edition came out, I did purge it. And I got rid of everything that wasn't in black boxes, barring a couple of like iconic shit. Like I kept a Lambda shuttle, even though it isn't standard legal. Yeah. Um, I kept. Um, I think I kept a gunboat because it was so late in the cycle. Uh, yeah. You know, a couple of things like that. Um, and then I slowly added those kind of ships back in as and when I needed them. Like if we're running an extended event, I might pick up a Punisher. I ran four phantoms um, when that was a thing, just to see um, how bad it was in the game and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but kind of that transition was a long time coming for me for X-Wing, for like, are these actually intelligent purchases? Or am I <laughs> like, am I going through emotions here of, well, I always buy all of the new X-Wing ships, so right. I've got to buy all of the new X-Wing ships regardless of how much we're getting used, anything like that. So. Yeah, and then I get that too, because like Z95s, I bought, what, you could run seven of them in first edition, I believe? Eight of them? Yeah, eight, you could run eight. Oh. Yeah, well, so yeah. so I ended up, you know, with a lot more than eight, because, <laughs> you know... Oh, what, what, what if two people want to run eight, Sean? You need 16, surely. Yeah, but I wasn't, so at that point in time, like, you know, the struggle to get ships wasn't really there. So I I was able to just buy for myself, you know, probably yeah. after wave three, you know, I started just because wave three, wave four, up to wave four, I was buying enough for my son and myself. Um, I would get the max you needed and then and then another half of the max you needed. So my son had ships, too, and stuff. Yeah. And then. I kind of just started to not do that. I believe it was probably about the time of the Z95s when I purchased enough to be able to run eight Z95s and then realized, eh, that's not a very good list. 
you know, I mean, you're not rolling enough dice. It's not like running eight TIE fighters with one of them being Hellrunner. Yeah. You know, there just wasn't, wasn't a good enough reason to do that. And so I think, uh, I think we ran Fat Chewy with, was it Aaron Kraken? Yep. Yeah. Kraken's the, it gives you an action. Yeah. So we ran the, we switched out Super Chewy at some point and then did Aaron Kraken in it and something else, I think. And, you know, when we kind of went away from Biggs and that and all that. And it, you know, it, it, it's the, the problem is, is that you don't realize that when you do stuff like that, you accumulate a lot of stuff. And then when you stop playing the game, it's still accumulated and sits there. <laughs> Yeah, and, and even today, I still would, you know, I like I bought the Razor Crest when it came out, even though I don't play the game. Um, well, I, I think that's that becomes kind of like collecting now rather than yeah. hoarding. I think, yeah, like like, the like, fact that you still have all of the other crap is probably, you know, partially the reason yeah. why you'd still consider it hoarding, but, right? And you know what I mean. Yeah, and for me, like, what I would do, because at some point I'll end up selling the collection, hopefully. Um, but what I'll do is keep one of everything. So I have one of all the ships, so I can display them, you know, because yeah. it's cool. It's Star Wars Universe, it's Star Wars, and I think it's cool to have, you know, one of each ship and stuff. But, you know, to me, it's just like, yeah, I, I, I just, I, it's literally sitting here on top of, stuff in some very nice cases that when i sell the stuff the cases will go down to my workshop and stuff but and it's sitting literally on a cart that has 40 case stuff you know so it's just like you know the the big thing is like when you hit like rune wars so this is a great example rune wars was a game i bought a lot of stuff for rune wars and then of course they stopped producing it and then i couldn't sell it what do you need to finish your collection, Sean? I can sort you out. I've got all. Oh of it. no, no, no! It's it's already gone. You know, it ended up in the bin because I couldn't sell it and I didn't have room for it. You know. Yeah. Because I knew that I would never play it again. You know, it, it fell yeah. into that category, um, and it really didn't get played much. Just like you know, everything that you know, it no, happens. Well, it's it's it's. I couldn't find anybody to want to play it. You know, after the. Yeah after the rollout time period and, you know, after about six months and buying a whole bunch of stuff, I just like, nobody wanted to play. Well, they, they messed up that launch so badly. Oh yeah. I mean, Uh, it's a shame, but yeah. Hey, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. But you know, it's frustrating because I thought it was a good game. It was a fun game. Yeah. Um, dragon wing or attack wing, whatever it was called. The D and D attack wing. Yeah. Excuse me. The cool thing about that stuff was you could use it if you play D and D. So I had all that stuff in a toolbox that my son uses with his friends when they play D and D. So that was actually hoarding that turned out to be positive, you know, because I had a bunch of the dragons. I had Tiamat and the other dra- big dragon when it came out, um, and so him and his friends have all of that stuff, and they use it to play, you know, with D and D stuff. So. To me, that's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, and it comes down to board games too. I have a lot of board games that I know probably will never get played again. You know, that sit on the shelf. Um, and some I bought just because I thought they were cool games, and 
was hoping that I could get friends to play and stuff like Mage Knight. You know, I bought the big box of Mage Knight. Um, yeah. I have the Star Trek version of Mage Knight. Um, trying to think, you know, I, I have a lot of stuff that probably will never get played. But I mean, I can't say never because the game group I have, if I presented stuff, they would probably say, yes, we'll try it at least and stuff. But, you know, with most of it, it just sits on the shelf and never gets touched again. <laughs> You know, yeah, but I think board games are more to me like a collector's thing, you know, because they do have intrinsic was an intrinsic value. They have value still. You could get something out of them if you sold like if so. A good a good example for board games, Sean, uh, would be um, I have uh, well, I had a copy of Max versus Minions, okay, which is the Riot Games League of Legends themed uh, board game, which is like pretty hard to get in Canada because they don't. This doesn't go through distribution. You have to order it direct from Riot Games. Mm. Um, and I I owned it since the second print run. I missed the first one. Got it on a second print run. But I've had it for between three to five years now. Still in shrink. Yeah. Like, that's probably hoarding rather than collecting. I, I don't have space for all of the games on my shelves anymore. Right. So I have to kind of call and... It got to a point where as much as I think it's cool and want to play it, I know other people who have a copy, so I will get to play the game if I want to. Right. And it was just one of those things where, yeah, that's one that will go. Yeah. Right. Trying, to, trying to purge intelligently um, is another thing to talk about as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, Do you kind of find the, the maximum amount of money you're going to be able to purge or do you purge for least wanted stuff because they're not necessarily the same fit you know what i mean yeah and that's that's actually a good question because you know i'm kind of sort of looking at they're blocked by my arcade machines up here but you know stuff that i have like i have the horrors Her- the 40k horrors heresy from fantasy flight i bought a copy of well, i traded for a copy of that on bits trade day um just theoretically to play with Jono, my friend, when he comes over in July. Yeah. Because um, that's the only time I'm going to get to play it. It's a two-player game. Yep. Same as, um, what's the Star Wars one? Um, Star Wars Rebellion, is yeah, it? Yeah, Rebellion. Yep. Yeah, like, I own that, and I'm never going to get to play. There's no way Joe's going to sit and play that with me. Yeah. Right? So it's just a game that I own that I'm never going to get to play. Like, I had all the collector's stuff and the... Um, for a new edition of Twilight Imperium. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm like, when am I going to get to play an eight-hour board game with six people? And that's... So, So I mean, like, I have not the lightest edition, but the edition so, before that. Sorry, I have to clarify, Sean. With six people, none of those whom also own the game. Right. Because if one of those owns the game, I don't need to own the game. <laughs> right, exactly. And that's... Like, we have, uh, you know, local cons and stuff, and you'll see people advertise Twilight Imperium for the six or eight, however many players can play. And then they're literally doing that all day. Yeah. You know, and it's like when I go to a con, I want to play multiple games. I don't want to sit down and play. I did that when I went to, when I, (laughs) when I went to Gen Con, I sat there and ran X-Wing for three days and I learned my lesson. You know, I don't want to be, stuck in one place at a con ever again you know now going to worlds was different because that's what you're there for you know 
but when you go to Gen Con, that's an event all in itself. And I basically spent three to three and a half days in one chair, you know? Yeah. And which it was fun. It was good because it got me to the point where I could work at worlds and run a, you know, nationals and stuff like that. But yeah, that's, that's the, that's the interesting thing about games like that, where it's very hard to find people to play. Now there are people in my area that would do that. You know, they actually are some dedicated gamers that would play, but they like to play games that are how you want to put it. But, and I can't think of any of, I could go through my emails and see, but, Games that are niche type games, you know, that are very um, like Napoleonic type games, things like that, which are great yeah. to play. I love playing those games, um, but are, you know, you really have to set aside a whole day, you know, to do it. And somebody has to host it, of course. And, you know, and those types of things like I, do you know, the game Cyclades or it's uh, Cyclades is what I've known it to be called. It was a up to four player, you know, it's a you know game about ancient Greece, basically four player okay. game, uh, you know, and I actually sold that, you know, I actually sold it for money and I thought I made pretty good amount of money because it was a game that an old game group and you know, that we had here in Omaha that I was with um, that we played that a lot, you know, when there was four people, that was our one of our four player games and stuff, you know. Cause it's yeah. semi quick and stuff like that. Um, you know, so I've, I have actually sold games, but I've probably sold less than two so far. <laughs> um, but I also look at it as, you know, if, if I can keep the games in good shape and stuff, something happens to me, my son inherits them and then he can figure out what he wants to keep. And he actually goes through the games and takes games and his friends play the games too, like Arkham Horror, which I've never yeah. played. And I have played it once, um, but I've never played my copy of it, but he has with his friends, you know? Yeah. So, so it is getting utilized, you know, there is utilization in it and stuff, but I have a lot of games that I have never played. And I have some that are still in wrappers, like you were talking about, you know, yeah. that, that hoarding aspect of it, not much in board games, my Star Wars Legion is in wrapper still because I bought a I bought the Clone Wars starter. Yeah. Um. So that's still in plastic. <laughs> um. But stuff I'm gonna build for 40k, I still have some of that in plastic because I have to start you know just build it and and do it. Yeah. So. But yeah, I so, get I get that concept, Chris. <laughs> yeah. So do you have a, a rule for how long you let something sit or do you kind of address it once it becomes like once your hand is forced I, I physically can't fit any more stuff in here and i've just bought this new stuff um like, no so you, you just go and return the new stuff because it's easier or no actually i don't i don't have a problem with you know i'm single so i yeah. don't i don't have that uh, issue of other people's opinions about things I also have I also have two of the what are they five by five Calax shelves yeah. in my house that literally that's enough to hold so much stuff you know I'm not I'm not hurting for room to put things on you know to have no I don't have I, to answer the question I don't have that rule right now but um, so as an example and if like a run of 
three new arcade cabinets all came out with different skins and you wanted all three of them, would you just start another room for arcade cabinets then? Or no. is there a, a, a process you'd go through? With it? So, or would you just not get the new ones? No, I would get the new ones because they're the new ones. Um, and yeah. I have a hierarchy of arcade cabinets. So yeah, in my arcade downstairs, I have three cabinets that I would would be the first three that I would sell. Yeah. Um, after that, then we're getting into issues um, because those are the three that I'm least interested in. I have a, um, what's what, MK2, Mortal Kombat 2 cabinets, a multi-cab, uh, a Pac-Man cabinet, which has most of the games I have on other cabinets. Um, and then the third one would be the Street Fighter 2 big blue cabinet that I have. So so the hierarchy would be those three would have to go first. Yeah. Um, which they would. You know, I would sell them or just disassemble them and toss them. You know, if they don't have value to sell, it's just easier. They're not, you know, large cabinets. You know, I could cut them up and throw them in the trash if I had yeah. to, you know. Um, but yeah, in my arcade, there are there is a hierarchy. But the thing about the arcade now is... It would have to be a cabinet that's really stunning, you know, like a um, let's just say they put a Robotron cabinet out with Smash TV on it, too. And, you know, whatever double stick fighting game or this double stick games, that would be one that I would buy. And that then puts pressure, you know, on the arcade downstairs to get rid of the stuff. With that said, I can also move other stuff in my basement around and put arcades there, but that isn't my goal. You know, my goal isn't to expand the arcade, at least right now. Yeah. You know, but my rules now for buying cabinets are they have to be a unique and very good cabinet. I'm not just going to impulsively buy something anymore. You know, I have yeah. I have the Tron, I have the Star Wars. I have the Frogger cab that has Time Pilot, which is my favorite game. Um, you know, I have my Atari that it's the Tempest cab, which is one of my favorite arcade games. And then I have so you you just swap the new one somewhere into that hierarchy, and the one that was lowest would be the one that would have to fall off then. Yeah, and there would be a point where where I either would have to stop buying, you know, or expand at that point because those would be the cabs that no matter what would stay. Yeah. And the reason why that is, is just because those are the, you know, they're the unique cabs. They're the cabs that, that aren't generic to me. You know, like I have a Miss Pac-Man. It's the Miss Pac-Man Deluxe. It's the class of 81 Miss Pac-Man Galaga, but it also has Dig Dug and other stuff on it too. Like this one will end up down in the arcade. Um, it's right now it's upstairs. But it'll end up in the arcade whenever I get off my lazy butt to sell the MK2 tab cab. So this one yeah. is meant for the arcade, you know. So really, I'm down to two that flex, and then you're getting into like Terminator 2. That cabinet would be my next one to go then if I got rid of a cab, you know? yeah. Which I don't want to just because you know it's a shooter cab and it's they're fun, um, you know. So. With that, yeah, I do have a hierarchy for getting rid of stuff. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not going to hoard the arcade machines, and I'm not going to splurge to buy them anymore. It's, you know, it's got to be something. It's kind of like with X-Wing, you know. I hit that point where I have what I want or need or however you want to put it. And Yeah. 
you know, now it's, you have to move stuff to, you know, kind of like what you've talked about, you know, you move stuff to gain stuff from that point. Yeah. On. But yeah. yeah it's yeah. Uh, like, for me, like board games are generally pretty static now. It's very, few, there's a limited number that come in and I'm always kind of, I address it every like six months or so I have a look at them all again and be like, okay, this is all sat. This still hasn't been opened. Like Jill didn't show an interest in wanting to play this. Um, I'll probably just try and move it on and that kind of thing. Um, like where I struggle is like, um, like Legion is a good example for me because like I, I had my shadow collective stuff and I kind of expanded that. And I, I only really have the one list painted for shadow collective. I have stuff that I could do something else, but it hasn't really grabbed me. But I, you know, it's kind of sat there. Right. But then the, the Imperials, like I've got them because this is the list I was making yesterday. So my my computer desk, you can't see it, but it's like it's covered in shore troopers, stormtroopers, <laughs> e webs, snow troopers, Krennic, Vader, like the amount of imper Imperial stuff. And I'm like, well. If I'm going to do this properly, it becomes like the Blizzard Force stuff goes over here and that's going to get painted one way. And then I'll do a Krennic list with the Shore Troopers and the Death Troopers and that all goes over here. And I've got my Imperial Remnant with Moff Gideon and the Dark Troopers. It'll get painted a different way again. And I'm like, that's where I think it becomes hoarding. Because like, it's not all one army. I don't have an Imperial army. I've got a bunch of Imperial crap that I've not, like, it's all built. None of it's that have been painted. And I'm like, I have no idea at what point I'll realize that I should probably thin some of this out. Oh, it's too much of this. Right. Because it's not, it hasn't had to go in one of my display cases yet because it's not painted. So it just lives currently because obviously it's the old um, FFG kind of soft plastic for the most part. It's, it bounces, so it doesn't really matter. It's right. thrown in a cardboard box, right? <laughs> literally just tipped into a cardboard box and lives out of sight, and I don't have to worry about it. Right. So, so with the Shatterpoint stuff, do you think that because of the way Shatterpoint is, and basically you now with that, it's the lists are pretty much pre-made. Is that correct? Uh, no. So Shatterpoint has the potential to be the worst game for for this kind of thing ever right because you the way shatterpoint list building works is you take um two your army is a strike force i believe it's called okay and your strike force consists of two squads within within a squad you can have um any alignment so you could have um two different like darth maul and ahsoka Apart from the fact that they're both um, like primaries or whatever it's called, right? But you can you can mix good and bad guys in your primary, secondary, and support as long as they're from the same era. And then I believe your second squad could be from a different era with the same mixing. So it's only within squads that you can't mix. Is what I was told. I didn't think that was correct, but that means that like if you want to run Walcoon who's the leader of a Balkoon box, which will come with um, Ahsoka and then the Wolfpack okay. for the support. 
So you want one model from that box, then you want one model from a Dooku box, then you want the support from like Darth Vader's box or whatever. You know what I mean? And it, you yeah. know, so you've got that potential to be, you can literally buy every pack because it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's dangerous. Because yeah, I thought, right. I, I actually thought that like the boxes is what you were, that was a list, you know, so you buy. Oh, so that they are, but they don't have to be. Okay. So uh, if you buy the Obi-Wan Kenobi box, it's Obi-Wan as the primary, Commander Cody as the secondary, and then two, um, 212 uh, clone troopers as your support. So that's a full squad. Then if you use the Anakin that comes in the core box, so you have Anakin, Rex, and two five or first. So that's a full strike team. You've got two primaries, two secondaries, and the four support. Okay. But but then if you wanted to run instead of Rex, you wanted to have Ahsoka as the Padawan, you'd have to have either got the pre order one or you'd have to wait for the Paul Coon box to come out. And you buy Paul Coon. You don't want Paul Coon. You just want Ahsoka, right? Because then you can run Obi Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka. You know what I mean? And it kind of spirals from there. <laughs> oh um, my gosh! Yeah. Like so, so like when the, I so really quick in the core set. So I see Mandalorians in the core set. Is that correct? Yeah, you get um, two different types of Mandalorians. You get Gar Saxon and as a secondary, so the squad for that one is Darth Maul as a primary, Gar Saxon as a secondary, and Mandalorian Super Commandos as the support. Okay. Then you get Ahsoka Tano, Jedi No More as the primary, um, Bo-Katan as the secondary, and Night Owls as the support. Man, that is so just... you, you can run both of those as one strike force, be- and then when um, when Gar Saxon does stuff that affects Mandalorians, the Night Owls and Bo-Katan gets benefit from it. <laughs> when Bo-Katan does something that affects Mandalorians, Gar Saxon and the Super Commandos get to benefit from it. Oh, wow. So there's those synergies from going that way. You know, that, that the game's right. designed to make all of the stuff appealing to buy. Right. Yeah, I just, I think it's interesting that this game and so you look at price points you know four models for 50 bucks you know i'm looking at the dooku pack you know and it's like i sit there and i look at that and i'm like so so this is a squad so this is half of a team that you can build basically yeah so um you're looking at um to play the game if you don't need it or if you want to do a complete new new army Hundred bucks. You get yeah. two, two, two squad boxes, and you've got everything you need for a complete new army. I mean, that's which for, for a miniatures war game, that's pretty cheap. Yeah, I was gonna the say... way they get you is that you have the living card game model, which is how X Wing was so successful, in that you um, release right, just do do two boxes a month, maybe two boxes every two months, right, and then you don't get the uh, the big hit of the new 40k army that comes out and you've got to buy a full army right but it's just constant money all the time and you know that is a that is a good model i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
as long as you hit that critical mass for player base, it's a real good model, I think. Right. Yeah, and I think that they will. I mean, it's Star Wars. It's simplified in a sense, if that makes sense. You know, where you have just eight models. Um, And you can play the mix and match game as long as it's within the correct era, which to me, it looks like everything they're coming out with to start is all Clone Wars era, looks like. Uh, yeah, they have announced other stuff, but it, at the moment, it's all Clone Wars era stuff is what's been announced, okay. which is pretty cool because it does all match that uh, style as well. So, right, yeah, I like it all. So then, so then, when it comes out, so when they do a new era, I'm guessing, like, let's say they did a Rebels era, you know, yeah, the, the Rebels cartoon era, um, and I don't think that that which would... they, they've al- they've already announced, by the way. Oh, they have. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they didn't. I don't think they showed any models for that, but it was on the. Um, would it be Adepticon? It was on one of the talks, probably Adepticon discussion. Okay. So then, okay. So then I see the duel, the Star Wars Shatterpoint. You cannot run dual pack. Yeah. So let's see Obi Wan, uh, oh, the Kenobi TV show, um, Vader, and Obi Wan. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting that they have something like that too. But you won't be able to use those with the other models, correct? No, they are fully usable in the game. Oh, they it's are. The same model. Yeah, it's the same way they do it for um, what's the game called Marvel Crisis Protocol. They have um, like a really nice Spider-Man dual pack with Doc Ock and a really nice Wolverine and Sabretooth one. Yeah. And it's designed so that you can buy it to be a cool modeling project, but the base is slot in. Okay. So you swap the bases out, and then you have um, just another, you know, another two models to use in your army. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's going to be good unless you have very little impulse control. So for me, it's going to be bad. Yeah. It'll shout at me. <laughs> no, I'm doing pretty well. Like, to be honest, I've been pretty, pretty good. All right. Um, started playing Lord of Rings, and I, I've kind of stuck to my guns on what I want to do for that. I've not gone crazy on anything in that regard. Um, okay. With new 40k, I, I've got everything I want for Dark Angels ready to go, but I'm not going to start doing stuff for them until uh, next year, because that's when the Codex comes out. Okay. So I might start building basic stuff, but I'm not going to get, you know, I have a core of an army ready. That's all just in boxes in the uh, in the furnace room. I'm not going to buy any specific stuff until I've seen the actual codex in hand. Right. So I, I can kind of build um, tactical marines or whatever the equivalent is, the heavy intercessors and the intercessors or that kind of stuff. Yeah. I can build and paint those because they'll be decent for whatever list. But I don't need to do anything. Um, like going out buying Ravenwing bikers or, you know, specific unit kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, for a lot of the rings, I, I wanted to do um, a Moria Goblin army. So I got enough stuff to do that. And I played it. I think I was talking about it the other week where, like, uh, Greg's waist just crushed me. And I'm like, if I wanted to, to beat it, I'd have to make changes. But I that would mean I wasn't running the Balin's Tomb kind of list that I want to run. So I'll talk to Greg and get him to change rather than me doing something. 
and then like the role hand list I'm gonna do, I'll try and make a little bit more competitive. Right. So that, you know, we're both we're both making sacrifices somewhere. But rather than me having millions upon millions of um goblins, it's kind of spread between the two of us. Right. And that makes sense. You know, it's yeah. It's it's just like talking to your opponents and the people you play and your your playing group. And like, it comes back to last week's topic about like self balancing and all of that. Right. Um, like, uh, how much of it is my responsibility to make my list win if I'm still having fun? Right. So, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't feel like I need to purge anything or change anything from that. The the stuff where I need to kind of think about it carefully is like Age of Sigma, because I I was looking at this before the bits trade day of a week. And I have um, a Night Haunt army, which is like, say, 75% painted. And I really, really love the paint job on it. And it's really, really nice. But it's very time consuming. And I've not touched it for years now. Right. And I have no interest in playing the game. And then um, I have, um, what was the other thing I was working on for that? Uh, the, uh, the Demon army. Um, I got the Age of Sigma specific um, Putrid White Kings and stuff for Nurgle so that I can use it as a more rounded Nurgle army. And that's like 95% finished, and the only models left to do for that are all characters that are really fun to paint. Right. But again, I have no interest in actually playing the Age of Sigma game. It's just not on my radar with all the other stuff I'm doing. Right. But I, on top of that, I have... A gloom spike gets goblin army which is still in boxes like untouched still in shrink right on top of that i have the cruel boys orcs which are still in boxes still in shrink yeah so like, that's hoarding and i don't need that much you know yeah no i understand that's where i need to do make the cuts i think yeah you know no i i get that and that's kind of where i'm at with a few things um you know like i have an alpha gaming table that I want to get rid of, but nobody around here will have ever heard of it or understand what it is. Um, you know, so what I might do is donate it to Nukon for their auction, you know, or put it in their auction and see if somebody will buy it just to get it out of my yeah. house. You know, um, a few things like that, that I'll do for this year to, to purge some of the larger stuff that I have, but the majority of it though, will stay and, you know, the one thing that's nice, too, is I still have it on in boxes on shelves, but once I build the Lehman Rust tank, that stuff, the box is gone. You know, I don't need yeah. it anymore. And, you know, and, and that's kind of how I look at this type of stuff is just, you know, once it's built, pretty much it thins out what looks like a lot of stuff on my shelves. Yeah. You know, because it'll go from the box that it's in to a model. And the model is what will be on the shelf along with other models and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so have you got any other thoughts on on this kind of topic? Like, um, what is good hoarding compared to bad hoarding, maybe? Stuff like that? I'm probably the worst person to ask when it comes to good <laughs> or bad, just because, you know, I don't, like, I don't, put restrictions on myself you know and for me just the way that my brain works is a lot of times it's out of sight out of mind or it could be right in front of my face and it's still out of mind you know um yeah. you know for me it's like good hoarding i i think if you want to call it good hoarding 
good hoarding would be games. Let's say as an example, it would be a game that you would break out once a year, you know, but you don't ever touch it other than that or once every two years, but you know that you're going to play it because your friends group wants to play it, but not more than once or twice, you know, once a year or biannually or something like that. Um, yeah. You know, I think that that's a decent hoarding at least because you know, you're going to get some use out of it. It's when you're like me and you have a bunch of games that potentially will never get played and you just keep them because you want them, you know, that might be where hoarding gets a little worse, you know? Yeah. I I don't need this. I'm never going to use it, but I still want it. Right. You know, and, and it's because I don't put the restrictions on myself like I should. Well, I think uh, we all suffer from that to some degree, I think. Yeah. Uh, I know yeah. I, um, well, it'll be a good example. Um, like the, the Alien vs. Predator stuff that um, I've chatted with Ed about in the past, about if he wants some stuff. I've still never sent him like a prize twist or anything like that, because realistically, I know that I want it still, yep. you know? Yeah, I and... understand. Because <laughs> you never know. You know, that game of Alien versus Predator might break out. and No, I, it, it can't. The game's dead. It's been dead for ages. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That, that means that I, I can't replace it. Okay. So I understand. If I, do, yeah. if I get rid of it, that is forever. Yeah, that, I get that. Or you have to spend an exorbitant amount on eBay. To get it back. No, like, a lot of the stuff I've got just isn't on eBay. And, like, for example, the Cheyenne dropship that I have is mint in box in its collector's edition like, box. It was a limited print run. Okay. It's it's 300, um, over $300 for some pieces from it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, like, okay. and it's one of those, if I keep it, I really should build it. But then, <laughs> if I only want to build it, I could probably find a 3D file and print one. Right, right. Because the only reason to have it now is to not build it. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? And I'm yeah. stuck in that endless loop at the moment. Right, of, you know, do you want to play with the toy in the box or keep the value of the toy in the box? Well, I, the, the secret is, it's not actually valuable because you need to find someone who wants one. Right, right. It's, yeah, but it's... It's only valuable if someone gives you that money. Money for it, yeah. yeah. It was kind of like my Blood Angel cards from when I got, when I worked Worlds, they gave me the set of Blood Angel cards for the, uh, for the Warhammer, the 40k... Uh, conquest. Yeah, Conquest. And it's like, yeah. you know, I had Blood Angels, I didn't play Space Marines, I played the game, but I didn't play those, and I was able to sell them for like a hundred bucks a piece. Yeah, you know, because they were the whatever you call it, the limited run cards that Fantasy Flight does at their events. And yeah, yeah and I was able to sell them for well more than what the cardboard is worth. And I did that too with my Magic collection. I got well over five thousand dollars out of my Magic collection, which then turned into X Wing and board games. Yeah. You know, so that that's why I don't really worry about the board games either, because it was like repurposed money at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I really do believe that I got more out of my magic collection selling it than I did than I put into it purchasing. You know, yeah. just getting lucky and things like that on some of the cards and um 
you know, even some of the cards that I bought that ended up going up in value and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I I have. It's funny because I have Age of Sigmar Dominion. It's sitting in a box, and I don't know if it'll ever, ever, ever get built and played. That that's the problem, Mike. That's only gonna go down in value for a long, 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 right. long time. Right. Because they made a world. Like, we've still got thirty four of them in stock in the store. Oof. Yeah, yeah. You would have to yeah. find somebody who just wants more. Or, or pieces or parts or more of oh, like the, they all of the stuff that you can only get in that box they're released as um a made to order thing so but like the you can direct order them now the only thing that you can only get in that box now is the limited cover on the rule book yeah but so many people bought doubles of the box and sold the rule books yeah it you know it kind of doesn't matter right right Nope, I I get that. That's just that's one of the things I'm looking at. That and I have Marvel Crisis Protocol and a couple expansions from it, and that'll probably never get built and played either. I have tanks up there too that will probably never get built and played. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Yeah. What about you? Oh. I mean, I mean, what what do you think? What do you think is is other than we already kind of talked about it? I know with the ship you were talking about as far as the good hoarding, but you know, I've so there's, there's two things for me that not necessarily make it good hoarding, but one of these things definitely makes it bad hoarding and like bad hoarding. And this is something that most people should be able to relate to. And once you think about it intellectually, you're like, Oh Jesus, that's terrible. But if you're ever looking at like the buy sell trade group, so if you're ever trying to sell something and it's like a rare thing and someone says to you, Oh, I really want this thing, but my rent's due. Can you wait until next week? Yeah. That's probably bad hoarding. Right. Like, if you're having to shuffle around food money and rent money to buy the things, <laughs> you probably don't need the things. Right. And that's a you know great I mean? example. Yes, that's a great like, example. And that, that's where I think hoarding gets bad. If you're that into the thing that it starts, and this is like any yeah. of those addiction-based pastimes, because yep. it can become that for a lot of people. Um, but having it where it affects normal life, like food on the table, roof over your head. Yeah. Once you start like, oh, well, if I, if I eat ramen this month, I could get that Cheyenne dropship. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, probably not. Yeah, and like, and like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I've not done it and not been there. There's been like, oh, if I, if I just put it on this credit card, I can get the thing that I want and get it now. Right. And like, that's bad hoarding. So I admittedly probably do more bad hoarding than good hoarding. But <laughs> that's because I trained myself badly when I had no responsibilities in the Air Force. So Right. <laughs> ad admitting there's a problem is the first step, you know? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Then I said it was two, wasn't it? So yeah. then that, that's the first thing for bad hoarding. And then... For me, this is particularly, I don't know if it's because I'm now getting older, but it's particularly bothersome for me now when 
I'm talking to someone about something. It's like, I have that, and then you can't find it. Oh, yeah. If there's that much stuff that you can no longer find the stuff you actually want, <laughs> you've probably got too much stuff. Right. Yep. Because I, I used to joke with Jill, um, I, she'd ask, I, ask me where something is, and I'll tell you where it is. Uh, that That's on this pile next to that thing in that location. And, and you know, this is a book three books down from it. This is a book four books to the left of it. And I, <laughs> I could tell you where everything was. Now, with, you know, lack of sleep, children, older age, the brain worms munching on my uh, my brain. Yeah. I, I don't, whatever reason, I can no longer do that, which probably means I have too much stuff. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's very fair. Yeah, I think, yeah. to me, this is where I think hoarding gets bad. And I try to avoid it. But it's not, when I, you, well, it's when you put something in a box. Any Anytime anything goes into a cardboard box that isn't the box that it came in, and then it goes into wait, storage. Wait, you're telling me the totes of, like, Infinity models that I have for armies I'm definitely going to do even though I haven't played Infinity for like two years, that's something I should probably get rid of then. Potentially, yeah. You know, because that that's kind of where I draw the line with myself, is that when I start putting stuff into brown cardboard boxes, that's when I know I need to do something. Yeah, when when it's better to be out of sight than out of mind, it's better to be like put on a sales site, right? then offered for free, and then thrown away. Correct. You know? Try and recoup money. Try and recover any amount of money. Right. Try and make someone else happy. Just throw it in the bin. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and if it's something that's in a brown box and you can't sell it, it has no value to anybody, and you know that it's going to be in that box forever, that's when it's time to just say, here you go. You know, here you go to the to the landfill gods. Yeah, because that's what happened to me with the Rune War stuff. Is I hit a point where I couldn't do anything with it. Nobody wanted to buy it, and I, I, I don't want to hear that, Sean. I want to hear that Rune War's in high demand. So when I open the door to the bathroom over here, that isn't a bathroom. It is Chris's rando storage cupboard, <laughs> and get all of the new inbox Rune Wars out of there that I got just in case I keep on playing it. So I want to be able to like build out my armies. Oh, that damned FFG release model I was talking about. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, and that was at the stage where I'm like, well, I could run a unit of 12 rune golems. <laughs> uh, a single rune golem is probably optimal, but I could run 12. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe I didn't need to buy two core sets, which had one each, and then three more boxes of them to get well that's only eight so no even more but <laughs> you you understand the point yes i do yeah yeah and that's you know where i'm looking next to me at my x-wing stuff and i'm like what is the value of this stuff anymore you know it's like yes that's another one as well the value is dictated by how much effort you're willing to put into trying to sell it and how much patience you have in turning it in that sale right because because that's, um, that's that's the hard part Whenever I was doing used item purchase for the store, which I did a lot of X-Wing um, in the past, um, I was very upfront with people. So like, if you're trying to sell me a Phantom, 
you could probably get between 20 to 30 dollars us for it online maybe up to 50 if you've got like the right buyers at the right time like depending on how many are on the market right if you sell it to me i'm going to put it in the cabinet for 20 dollars canadian <laughs> which means i'm going to pay you five dollars canadian if you want cash or like you know what i mean yeah yeah like th th this is the, the ratios that we're talking about um and that's because i want it to sell quickly and i want it to sell at a price where people think it's a bargain and because that means they keep on coming back and keep looking at that cabinet right because there's always bargains in there whereas in if i priced it at 50 dollars canadian still cheaper than the potential 50 dollars us you might have to pay but then I'm waiting for a unicorn to come in and buy it. Correct. Rather than, oh, there's a phantom there for $20. I saw one on 30 US online yesterday. I can't afford not to buy it. Right. And that's the big and thing, the, you know. Yeah, but I, I was very upfront with people. Like, if you want to try and sell it and deal with Facebook and put, like shipping it and doing all of that stuff, this is the amount of money you can make. If you want it out of your house right now, this is how much money I'll give you. So yeah and generally you offer them store credit because then they can have more stuff in store credit and then they can buy more stuff back right and it's win 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 yes yeah store credit you know give them half the you know give them five cash 10 store credit and that 10 store credit turns into a 30 or 40 dollar cash purchase on top of it well I mean, when it's you're talking people's X-Wing collections, so it's like, oh man, I got three hundred dollars worth of stuff here, like, like three hundred dollars worth of credit for my like twelve hundred dollar X-Wing collection. Right. Yeah, but no. So say you got like, if you brought me twelve hundred dollars, it'd be like four to five hundred dollars uh, credit would be the amount, and then uh, so you get all of the things you wanted that day, and you've still got money left. Yep. And then you come back and you get all of your next purchase and then you've run out and yep. the next purchase you only get a little bit of it but then the habits form that this is where you come to buy stuff again and you just keep coming back yeah, yeah. it's fine yeah it's, it's great it's the plastic crack in this place you know in in this yeah I, i'm just a i do not mind being a facilitator of plastic crack it does nobody <laughs> any harm nope when someone says to me Oh man, can you put this on hold for me for a week? I've just got to pay rent this month. I'm like, uh, yeah, sure, man. I'll hold it for as long as you need. Right. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh man. Well. Yeah. All right. So I think that kind of covers everything. I, I don't think, think so. there's any any more to say on it. So no, I think that, wrap it up. I, I think that was a great impromptu topic. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what Ed's got planned for when he gets back, but it will will go back into a cycle of it being his show once he returns. Yep. Hope he's having a great trip, not playing on his Steam Deck too much. <laughs> and um, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, see what else the future holds for us. Yep, exactly. I'm I'm looking forward to actually making some of this hoarding into a collection by painting it and putting effort into it, and then see where it takes me. Exactly. Uh, but you got any any closing thoughts you want to say, Sean, or should I just go on to I, all I think, the normal I think stuff? I, I got my Astro Militarum uh, data slate downloaded, so that, that's my. Uh, you've got you, that, you've got stuff to occupy yourself once we're done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Cool. Well, in that case, I will say thank you to all the listeners. It's been a fun show, and 
I've hopefully I'll get this one edited in a more timely manner rather than doing um, double headers for people like two releases on one day uh, this week because I was terrible and didn't edit the show for ages. But you know, them's the break sometimes, folks. That's exactly That's the it. breaks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have that. Uh, thank you to all the patrons for your support. It's been uh, been great. Um, so all of these stuff should have been sent out. So if you think you should have got uh, Lack of Evade tokens and have not received them, please let me know. Reach out on the Discord or uh, just shoot me a DM or contact me through Patreon and we'll sort that out. I'm going to keep hammering that point for a couple more shows yet just to make sure that everyone who should have them has them. And uh, yeah, it's great. Jump on the Discord, chat to us about Legion. Uh, talk to us about your hordes of collections that you definitely, definitely need and is a really wise investment and isn't terrible and going to lead to my inevitable divorce. Um, I mean, sorry, that's, you know, enough about me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been great, everyone. We'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to a Lack of Focus podcast brought to you by Dice Productions.